0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, September 2nd, 2014. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page 151, paragraph 1. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Elaine K., The Twelve Traditions, Jaina N., Readers of the text, Renata, Nicole S., and Marie P. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, September 1, 2014, is 6805. 6805. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength and hope, and the practice of the Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Helene Kaye to read the Twelve Steps.
1: Hi, this is Helene. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs.
0: Thank you. I will now ask Jaina N. to read the 12 traditions.
2: Good
3: morning. This is Jaina N. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, each OA group ought to be fully self supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality.
0: Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page 151, paragraph 1. For most normal folks, it begins, and I will ask Renata G to begin reading.
4: Good morning, Melanie. Thank you for your service. Um, for most normal folks, drinking means conviviality, companionship, and colorful imagination. It means release from care, boredom, and worry. It is joyous intimacy with friends and a feeling that life is good. But not so with us in those last days of heavy drinking. The old pleasures were gone. They were but memories. Never could we recapture we, we the great moments of the past. There was an insistent yearning to enjoy life as we once did and a heartbreaking obsession that some new miracle of control would enable us to do it. There was always one more attempt and one more failure. Good morning, all. This is Renata, Recovered compulsive Overeating in New York. It is a pleasure to do service this morning. Thank you, God. Uh, You know, for normal folks, I am not normal. Page 30 says, we alcoholics are men and women who have lost the ability to control our drinking. Check. I could never control my eating. Page 44 says, if when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably alcoholic. Check. Whenever I picked up my my trigger foods, it triggers the allergy, and I can't stop. I have no control of it whatsoever. So even in the context of conviviality, companionship, and colorful imagination, you know, which for me represents all the times I used to go out with friends to eat or, you know, go out on dates, like, you know, on dinners and the nice restaurants, parties, movie theaters. Even in, you know, happy occasions, food and drink were always what mattered. There was always compulsive eating involved. And uh, I've always managed to have Binging binging buddies, you know. Uh, I guess I didn't like feeling so abnormal, so I've always managed to go out to eat with friends that ate just like me. Um, And then it, it says, it means release from care, boredom, and worry. Food to me meant that, you know, all of that and so much more. Like, food to me meant release from everything it was you know i used food to go into total oblivion it was numbness for every possible feeling. you know if i was happy or sad or depressed it doesn't matter food was you know it gave me a false sense of happiness and it kept me anesthetized uh, today, by the grace of God being recovered, I get that release and, you know, from uncomfortable feelings from God. You know, God gives me a true sense of happiness. Um, but not so with us in those last days of heavy drinking. The old pleasures were gone. They were but memories. You know, the friends, the nice restaurants, the parties, they were all gone. You know, my my reality turned into getting off work, stopping at the grocery store, loading up in all my favorite binge foods, going home, sitting in front of the TV, and eating until I literally passed out. You know, that that was a very typical Friday, Saturday night for me. I would rather isolate at home with all my binge foods than to go out with friends and Or, you know, never mind dates. And, uh, you know, the bigger I got, the more I isolated. Uh, You know, page 152 says, he cannot picture life without alcohol. Someday he'll be unable to imagine life either with alcohol or without it. And that's where I was when I came to Away. I was out of ideas. I couldn't stop eating, and I didn't want to go on living like that. It was hell. That's the the right word for it and last thing i want to share is you know there was always one more attempt and one more failure i was always trying to control my food since i was a kid i was always on diets and you know um and page 30 says the idea that somehow someday he will control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker that was my obsession for sure um, I, you know, I didn't know a simple truth that I know today. Um, page 25 says, if you are as seriously as alcoholic as we were, there is no middle-of-the-road solution. You know, my middle-of-the-road solutions were all the diet pills, the diets, the doctors, the nutritionists, you know, marshalling my willpower you know, and uh, none of that could help me because I have passed the region from which there's no return through human aid. And all those attempts were human. And that's why I could never keep the food down. Um, I only have two alternatives. Go on to the bitter end, bloating out the consciousness of my intolerable situation, or accept the spiritual help, the 12 steps. Page 45, again, to be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on spiritual basis, to live the 12 steps. Only higher power can relieve me of my terrible, baffling disease. Higher power is the miracle that finally worked and continues to work every day. Thank you, God. And that,
0: with that, I'll Thank you. Who would like to comment on what was read today?
5: Larry. Rose. Hi, good morning, Larry and then Rose. Good morning, Melanie. Uh, Larry, uh, recovered compulsive Overeater from Chicago. Yeah, I love what we shared and um I, I like the fact that we're in uh this, this particular chapter, you know, our namesake here, but um it's great that you know that we do have a vision to follow. You know, this reminds me again, uh uh like Renata, I I, I too am not you know, as far as my binge foods are concerned, I, I'm not normal. <laughs> um, it takes me back down memory lane. You know, a, a street that I, I don't want to forget. Um, you know, joyous intimacy with friends and a feeling that life was good. Well, well hardly uh, towards the end with me, that's for sure. You know, when I when I look back at the the last days of binging, um, I remember you know things like the utter isolation just the frustration of it all. And, you know, and the fear, um, I was like a, like a trapped rat, you know, full of panic, yet re- sort of resigned to my predicament, you know, and, and, and I absolutely clearly remember that once I, I, I made that call to order my, my round binge food, as I did most evenings from various places, of course, so they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't suspect that I was doing it every night, right? But when I would order that, you know, my physiology would begin to change, you know. So so even the anticipation of consuming my heroin, you know, that released those endorphins in my brain. And, and I, I call this the sort of the anticipatory high, you know, that anticipatory high, that sense of ease and comfort, <clears throat> the numbing out of any emotional and physical discomfort or pain. But the problem was during the last days of of heavy binge eating for me, it it wasn't, it was no longer working the way it used to. You know, I couldn't recapture the great moments of the past anymore. And, um, you know, for many years, nearly every morning, I would start my day uh, consuming about a half a dozen uh, round sugary dessert items to get high. You know um, that that way I could face the misery of my my day, the existence, of my day, just kind of numb out. And oh, you know how I wish that there was a magic pill that could control my obsessive desire. You know, and and I I actually spent hundreds of dollars in my quest for a pill that could cure me of this obsession. You know, that there was always one more attempt and and one more failure. Um, I don't know for those on the line if you can remember Fenfen damn, you know, potentially heart valve uh, heart problems with that one. That, that wasn't going to work. Um, amphetamines of one sort or another, well, that's, you know, drug dependence and psychosis. You know, my, my mom was have done those in the 60s and 70s for, for her eating disorder, not, not pretty. You know, um, it, it, you know, it's funny. It's a fact that, that nearly a million Americans Google a single weight loss supplement each month, just one, you know, that, you know, slowing the body's ability to absorb fat, you know, to a compulsive overeater like me, that's like putting a, like, like a cute kind of SpongeBob Band-Aid uh, on my severed limb, you know, it's, it's not going to work. And, and that, and that's what it was like. And even, even gastric bypass, you know, it, it remains the mainstay of surgical therapy for people. And, and yet, you know, even the Nash, National Institute of Health, they they against against all the You know abdominal complications the vitamin deficiencies the stomach leakage all that stuff but see the thing is is sounds like a real joy of a procedure to me you know yet but I, I do understand the desperation and the hopelessness of this disease and thank you God for for leading me to a way out of this hell you know 12 who would have thought 12 simple steps changed my life led me to to this God consciousness and to a healthy way of living. And I'm so very grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry. Rose B., good morning.
6: Good morning, Melanie. Um, Appreciate your service this morning. I am Rose B., recovered compulsive overeater, food addict in New York. And the sentences in this paragraph that I really, really um, can speak from my heart about are um, says the old pleasures were gone Um, they were but memories never could we recapture the great moments of the past well just commenting for myself about the uh, old pleasures and the memories when uh, it was first read this morning it reminded me of something in the uh, doctor's opinion well first before I even uh, mention that. It reminded me of the fact that I was delusional in my thinking as an active compulsive overeater, and I indulged in and lived in illusions, which were um, false. They they weren't realities, and when I compulsively overate because of my addiction, um, it did create seemingly pleasure and seemingly. Um, good memories of a life that was living, and it was all lies. After I was brought through the steps, I saw clearly it was lies. Um, But then there was an insistent yearning to enjoy life as we once did. Again, for me, that was a delusional memory. But this part, the next phrase, and a heartbreaking obsession, I can identify with those words, uh, it was a heartbreaking obsession in my belief that they would be. And as was already mentioned, I tried a number of them myself, um, some numerical control. But then the thing that really gave me release um, and freedom from the obsession is what Dr. Silkworth put forth in um, his doc- in the doctor's opinion, um you know the phenomenon of craving develops they pass through the well-known stages of the spree emerging remorseful with a firm resolution not to drink again uh yes uh, that's how i did it for many many years but then this is repeated over and over unless the person can experience an entire psychic change there is very little hope of his recovery and again, that's my experience. I took amphetamines for 13 years and tried to come off them many times um, with very psychotic um, reactions to life. And I tried other forms of controlling the addiction. But until I was brought through the steps back in 2012, 2013, um, and started experiencing this this psychic change, which, God willing, it'll continue till uh, the last days here. There's no change. So, thanks. That's all I'll share. Thank you very much. I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Rose. Who else this would this like to comment on what was read?
7: This is Bella. I share. Hi. This good
0: morning, Bella. Bella. Hi, Bella. Good morning too. You. you can go first, and then I heard Sharon. She'll be second.
7: Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella, and I am a thankful, recovered, compulsive overreader. Thank you, Melanie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, I love this paragraph, and it reminds me, me, where I was and where I am now, thank God. Um, Some new miracle of control. Yes, before the program... I just didn't understand and I didn't know that I wanted control. I wanted control of my behavior, control of my food, control of my way of eating and control of other people too, of their behaviors, of their thinking of their feelings and I couldn't. I didn't have control and I just was hoping that one day I will have that miracle because I deserve that miracle. I am a good person, a very smart person, so I deserve this, that miracle. But always, there was always one more attempt and one more failure. And this is exactly what happened to me. I always had one more experience to have the control, to think that I have the control, and to have a failure again. And I just didn't know how to stop it because I didn't think that I can stop it. I just felt the failure again and again and again. And I just was not happy. I was angry. I built resentment. And I just... Was I I was connected to my own ego with a lot of anger, disappointed, disappointments, and sadness. And thank you, God, thank you, God, that now I am in the program. And now I know why the first step, and this is the only step that we have to do it completely, 100% good, because... This is the basis that we are powerless we are powerless of food we are powerless of other people we are we are powerless of our finan- financial situation we are powerless and I am so thankful that I am today I am connected to the to the to a power that it's not a powerless I am connected to the power of acceptance, the power of love, the power of respect, and I am here to, do, to give, his, to give his, um, his ideas and his messages and not mine. Today I am connected to a power of acceptance, thank you God, and not to my own power, that it's a powerless, that it's powerless. And thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Bella. And Sharon, you're next, and then after Sharon, we'll move on to the next paragraph. Good morning, Sharon.
8: Thank you, Melanie. This is uh, Sharon, recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. And I'm just going to zero in on here, but it says, but not so with us in those last days of heavy drinking. The old pleasures were gone. They were but memories. Never could we recapture that great the great moments of the past. There was an insistent yearning to enjoy life as we once did and a heartbreaking obsession that some new miracle of control would enable us to do it. There was always one more attempt and one more failure. And that's where I was when I started listening to this meeting in July of 2012, and they were in the doctor's opinion. And it wasn't like I was a newcomer. You know, I'd been around... Uh, Readers Anonymous 12-step program since uh, uh, 1981, but in the doctor's opinion, it was like a flashlight just shined into my uh, eyes and my mind, and that <clears throat> that's God as I understand him today, because uh, on page 28, Roman numeral 28, it tells us why why we do this. Uh, Men and women drink essentially or overeat essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot after a time differentiate the true from the false. To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. They are restless, irritable, and discontent until they can again experience that sense of ease and comfort which comes at once by taking a few drinks drinks which they see others taking with impunity. And every time we succumb to that desire again, we pass through all the well-known stages of a spree, a cycle of addiction emerging remorseful with a firm resolution not to do it again. And we repeat this over and over until a psychic change can happen. There's very little hope of our recovery. And That was where I was, you know. I kept trying to go back and recapture something that I was never going to be able to um, ever recapture. I had crossed that line, and a long time ago I had crossed that line. And so this uh, doctor's opinion being uh, read line by line, paragraph by paragraph, finally helped me see the absolute truth that I was up against and that there was only one solution – And that no human power could have relieved my uh, compulsive eating-ism, but that God could and would if he were sought. And so I began to uh, treat this book like I was told on the line, treat it like a textbook, follow its directions, just the way it's laid out in the book. And I am so grateful that today I don't have to go back and try and recapture the old days. And, um... There wasn't even any pleasure. That's so true. Because towards the end, you know, I I would just be stuffing food in my mouth, but there was no pleasure associated with it, maybe for two seconds. Uh, Because I was no longer protected by my ignorance that I didn't know, you know, I didn't know there was another way. And so it became extremely more and more painful to keep doing what I was doing. And so I am just so grateful to be here today, to be on this line to be recovered, and to know that something that I know a lot, I didn't believe would ever happen, that I would experience freedom from this bondage of food addiction. That was something I didn't think was ever going to be possible for me. So I'm just so grateful to be here today, and thank you to everyone out on the line and keep coming back. Thanks, Melanie. I pass.
0: Thank you, Sharon. And uh, moving on, I will now ask Nicole S. to read paragraph two, starting with The Less People Tolerated Us. Good morning, Nicole.
9: Hi, this is Nicole. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Colorado. The less people tolerated us, the more we withdrew from society, from life itself. As we became subjects of King alcohol, shivering denizens of his mad realm, the chilling vapor that his settled down. It thickened, ever becoming blacker. Some of us sought out floated places, hoping to find understanding, companionship, and approval. Momentarily we did. Then would come oblivion and the awful awakening to face the hideous four horsemen. Terror, bewilderment, frustration, despair. Unhappy drinkers who read this page will understand. And um, I want to focus on the hideous four horsemen, and um, those are just such uh, powerful words, um, and I just remember feeling every single one of those, and just feeling that absolute terror, just just horrified by what I had eaten, and then, you know, that bewilderment, just wondering why, why I did it, why I kept going back over and over again, um, and then just the absolute frustration and despair and so much of that would just you know lead me to eat again um and you know in the absolute frustration well, I can't get get control of this so I may as well just keep eating and then you know I may as well eat because I'm just you know feeling so horrified by what I did and just made me feel so horrible about myself you know in turn so eating over and over um And, uh, you know, how I talked earlier in the paragraph about that loneliness too, um, you know, and just having the loneliness settle down. And I remember so many nights just planning a night by myself, you know, um, of course not with people, but just all by myself and I'm going to go get a special treat, you know, to treat myself. And then you know, the evening would end up being uh, food and I and um, to settle down that, that loneliness. And, you know, it, it it worked for a very, very short time. And then those four horsemen just came on um, in the extreme um, after that. And, of course, it was never just, you know, I'm just going to treat myself to a little treat. It was never just, just that. Um, that would lead to more and more and more. And um, so I'm so grateful today that I don't have to be facing these four horsemen anymore because, like it says, um, you know, awakening to face the hideous four horsemen. And they are hideous. And, they, I, you know, I'm just so glad that I'm not under, um, under that control anymore. And um, thank goodness for, for uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Nicole. Who would like to comment on what was just read?
10: Sherry Kay in Georgia. Hi, Sherry. Good morning. Hey. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Melanie. Um, you know, I have, I have finally learned, without a doubt, deep inside myself, that I will never, ever, ever be able to um, indulge in one of anything of my binge foods, <clears throat>
7: that one
10: will never be enough. And, and if one will never be enough, then why even go there? Because I know it won't end. Uh, what is it AA say? One is uh, not enough and one is too many. Um, it's just the insanity that I don't want to go there. It's just, it. you know, I guess I'm selfish. It's like if I can't have one, I don't want any at all. Because I know what I need. And that's like two or three or the whole box or the whole, Cake or the whole carton of ice cream, um, and um, also I wanted to say, um, um, to, never could we recapture the great moments of the past. Um, you know, I, I thought that in the beginning, and and but now I don't. Um, um, I don't miss that. I so enjoy. Life today, and I welcome. Oh my goodness, all the gifts that, that abstinence and sobriety bring. Um, I feel like my my life is rich, and you know, and that 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 doesn't mean money and material things. <clears throat> it's just rich and um, just gratitude, just plain out gratitude. Um anyway, that's all I have. Thank you for letting me share. Thank
0: you, Sherry. Who else would like to comment on what was read today? Second paragraph. Sally? Leia. Hi Sally, good morning. And then Leah. Morning, Sally. Good
11: morning, Melanie. Good morning, to Video. This is Sally in South Jersey, recovered, compulsive overeater. And I'm always really compelled to share on this chapter because or rather this this particular paragraph because I I really lived just for such a long time, this these terrible four horsemen. This whole paragraph really reminds me of my my relationship with food for so long. Um talks about uh we became subjects of king food or king alcohol. I was a slave to food. Um, it says, shivering denizen. The word denizen means occupants of a kingdom. Shivering occupants of the kingdom of his mad realm, food. The chilling vapor that is loneliness settled down. It's thickened, ever becoming blacker. Some of us sought out sordid places, hoping to find understanding, companionship, and approval. That, that's like a really great description of my relationship with food. Food was my buddy, my friend, my companion. Um, I slept with pots and pans and forks and knives, uh, wrappers in my bed and crumbs. I had an incredible relationship with food. We were best best friends. And then momentarily we did then momentarily we did then would come oblivion. Yeah, I would be literally knocked out by the food and the awful awakening. Ah. Oh. I remember this even a year into being recovered that I would, literally was waking up. I thought I had PTSD, literally post-traumatic stress syndrome, from the many, many years of waking up in the morning and, and rifling through my memory of what happened yesterday. Was I accident or was I in the food? And then that awful realization oh no, I'm in the food. I'm knowing that this day is not going to go well and, and who knows where it's going to go. It's like a roller coaster ride, and I don't do roller coasters when on I don't like them. I feel like it's scary enough without a roller coaster to add to the scene. <laughs> so on to say the four horsemen, terror bewilderment, which to me is the confusion that I would wake up with and trying to clear my mind to remember what I did to myself last night. Frustration and despair. Unhappy drinkers who read this page will understand. Yeah, you will not be curious about what are they talking about. Oh, no. It reminds me so well, of in the doctor's opinion, of that cycle of recovery that talks about on the bottom of XV, XXVIII, To them, their alcoholic life seems the only natural. They are restless, irritable, and discontent unless they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort which comes at once by taking a few bites or a few drinks. That so describes the relationship with me and the food, the restlessness, the irritable, the discontent, and then turning to the food. And then waking up the next morning, emerging remorseful with a firm resolution oh no this cannot go on not to eat again and yet it's repeated over and over unless this person can experience an entire psychic change there is very little hope of his recovery oh yeah PTSD I was really happy to find out they had that in this book the four horsemen that was my post-traumatic stress syndrome me looking over my shoulder still to this day not not nearly as bad as it was even six months ago, but still looking over my shoulder and seeing the dust rising from the wreckage of my life as I walk away. Thank God, gratefully recovered today. Thanks for letting me
12: share with that, I guess.
0: Thank you. Leah, it's your turn.
12: Thank you, Melanie, for your service. Zeroing in on this statement, the less people tolerated us, the more we withdrew from society, from life itself. You know, Death isn't necessarily uh, the greatest loss in life. I don't know. To me, the greatest loss in life is dying inside while you're still alive, and that's exactly how I felt in the addiction. You know, this was uh, more than just, you know, this was not just my efforts to hide and sneak my binging. This turning away, this turning inward was not just about, um, you know, just trying to find a way to... uh, be hurried in my ingestion of my binge foods, this was actually a turning away from life. I mean, this was a turning inward and a separation, turning away from the usual means of interacting emotionally and, and, you know, any type of spiritual development. I mean, there was none whatsoever in that department, but just, you know, it was a turning away. It was turning inward from the usual means of sustaining myself emotionally and developing and confronting one's, you know, challenges and troubles through life. And of course, this whole process of turning inward started so young for me that I did not learn the tools for living. You know, I was quieting an unquiet soul by digging my fists into bags and boxes because king alcohol, king food for me, held out this illusion of a shortcut, of an easier, softer way to live life. You know, so this king food kept promising me self-sufficiency, and, and, you know, this whole world of of compulsive overeating gave me the illusion that um, I didn't need anybody. You know, so it continually um, broke my relationships with other people, with family members, with community, and certainly with God, and as the... As the disease progressed, as it developed, the madness became so severe that it felt like my soul was getting sucked out of me. I mean, this wasn't about stopping. I had stopped thousands of times by the time I hit 20 years of age. How do I not start again? I could not find a way to be comfortable food sober. And, of course, the results um, had been terrible. You know, when I took an honest assessment of my life, (laughs) I had no close friends. Um, My family relationships were deteriorating. I could not sleep. I felt very guilty and full of shame. I had a lot of self-pity. I had isolation, deep depression, suicidal thinking. I mean, I was not, you know, coming in on an upswing. I had to take an honest assessment of where this disease had taken me. And thank God, you know, at some point <laughs> when I uh, was sick and tired of being sick and tired, someone cracked this text open for me, and I left that room with something I came in without, and that was hope, hope that I did not have to live this way any longer. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Who else would like to comment on what was read?
0: Ravia? I heard Rabia,
10: Janice,
0: <laughs> and I heard Jana, and then Sarah, and then who else?
13: Kathy
0: Kay. Kathy Kay. That's going to yeah. probably take us to the end and beyond. So um, I will start Kathy now Kay. with uh, Robbia please, and see where we go to from there. Thank you.
14: Hi. Can you still hear me? I can.
0: Good morning, Rabia.
14: Good morning, everyone. This is Rabia. I am a recovered compulsive overeater, and so grateful to be here this morning with all of you and listening to everyone's shares. Just loving what everyone's having to say, and 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 just um, reminded again of of um, going into the darkness with my food and the loneliness, and uh, and today. The hope um, that this recovery gives all of us of going into the light and living in the sunlight of the spirit, and uh, and it's the vision, a vision for you, is what it's all about. You know, the finding the sunlight of the God of our understanding, and 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 here we are on September second, back from a long weekend holiday. The last. Celebration of summer, which so many years for me was was finally, thank God, bathing suit season is over, and um, and and uh, and all the eating, all the eating with or without people, you know. It um, and and the beginning. Here we are, at the beginning of a new month, the beginning of a new season, the beginning of a new week, and uh, by the grace of God. Um, Food isn't an issue in my life today. Uh, you know, I'm not desperate on the line looking for another uh, new attempt. Um, I'm living in, in the miracle of the, this beautiful recovery um, and these 12 steps and and food. I, I just spent a weekend with hundreds of... I have to of, go
13: on. Please don't come in here.
14: Um. Uh, uh, let me just close by saying um, okay that's it I love you all and uh, thank you for letting me share
0: thank you Rabia Janice M
14: good morning
2: good morning Melanie good morning Vision for you my name is Janice and I am a recovered compulsive overeater thank you God thank you God Um, I I could so relate to to what Leah was talking about, that darkness, and that darkness that we're talking about here, and that the big book talks about so vividly, is what I needed to identify with, because I was a self-sufficient girl, you know, I thought I could do it alone, and I thought you were supposed to do it alone. You know, that was something in in my family system was rewarded when you could do something alone. But what I discovered is that this disease took me deeper and deeper and deeper into a place of loneliness because I was disconnected from all the very things I longed for, but I didn't really know that. You know, I, I, I tore my way through life. I bulldozed my way through life. But you couldn't have told me that when I was in the disease. But I had to get to that point, that darkness, that place where I couldn't stand to be there anymore. I couldn't stand to live that way one more moment. But I'm going to tell you what the truth is, is that once you get to that place, everything is possible. When that true powerlessness comes over you, and you know you cannot stand it one more minute. There is a place to go. And the big book talks about it vividly, that what we will do is uncover and discover and discard things that have been blocking us, and the very things that we long for, the connection that we long for becomes possible. And it happens in the fellowship. It happens to me. And if it happened to me, hopefully it can happen to you too. Because I'm nothing special. You know, I'm nothing special. We all come in with the exact same set of qualifications. We are all compulsive overeaters, and we are all, oh, so human. Thank you, God. Because then the, the darkness begins to be lifted. You know, it begins to be lifted from us as we as we dive in, As this big book was cracked open for me as well, and the stories came alive. And what these people experienced became real for me because I could see it happen in the people around me and I could see it was possible for me too. So if any of you are out there on the line this morning and suffering and afraid, then I was just right where you are. Dive in, the water's fine. And what happens is nothing short of a miracle. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Janice P. Janice M.
13: Yes, okay. Thank you, Melanie, and good morning to everyone. Janice M., a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, Just to comment on the paragraph again is, yeah, the less people tolerated me, guess what, in my disease before recovery, I didn't even care because i had my food i didn't need need anybody anyway so i don't care if they didn't tolerate me or didn't like me i don't need anyone i had king food that was my god that was my higher power look at the two capital letters that was my master why would i need anybody else when i had that and i didn't even need a god in my life a higher power however my disease got progressively worse it brought me to places to people that i would never think that i would ever go to because of my life wasn't going the way i thought and i would blame my life i would blame my husband this is why i sought out those sordid places because for companionship nobody understood me tell me you know boohoo boohoo janice you know Unfortunately, self-pity. And you know what? That didn't even work. <laughs> that didn't even work. I wasn't even satisfied with that. Then, of course, you know, whether I had, you know, then, you know, if you if you understand this and have experienced this, you that is despair, despair, despair. But this chapter is a glimpse. It's going to be a glimpse of what our future looks like in recovery, after being and having that spiritual awakening, not the awful awakening of the four forcemen, but the spiritual awakening of the fellowship and of the group of people that I will always be in contact with on a daily basis. Thank you, God. A hope chapter. This is a hope chapter. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Janice. Jana
3: N., Good morning, everybody. Um, I just would like to start sharing about this paragraph by saying I'm grateful to be where I am today. I'm just over six weeks abstinent. I'm not recovered. I guess we could say I'm recovering. Um, And this particular moment in time, this process I'm involved in, is difficult and um, painful. But I'm grateful to be here. I was thinking, as people were reading this paragraph, that uh just for for so many years i I sat and planned every single weekend, I was very unhappy with my life, I was not dealing with what I needed to do to make my life better. I felt like a victim, and I just planned, and every single weekend was my time alone with my food, and i wasn't even aware that I was miserable. I, I was just—I had created this entire structure of living based on my sense of being a victim and feeling that I could do nothing to make my life any better. And I just planned for it. And every weekend I was alone in the house and I was eating all my favorite things. And sometimes I would plan days in, in advance to go out and get these things And they all were linked to some kind of fantasy about a kind of person that I had been or wanted to be or someone else who was some kind of sophisticated person who ate these kinds of things or whatever. And it went on for years. It went on for three, four, five years that I did this almost every single weekend, completely isolated from everyone. I had just... Created a world for myself where I felt comfortable. I thought. And then when I, I came back to the United States and I found myself in a different situation, the eating continued and continued and it was only when it got so bad that I couldn't go through one hour without eating because I was so panicked that I couldn't face, I couldn't face another minute that I began to realize there was something wrong. So what what shocks me about all this is that I actually thought I was okay while I was going through this this isolation and me and my food eating weekends for all these years. And as I listen to people this morning, I'm thinking this this is appalling that I actually could have felt like somehow I was doing well to handle my life this way. So today, I don't have my food as a crutch anymore. I'm not uh, binging. And as a result, I'm sitting here facing the loneliness and facing the life that I created because of this long-term withdrawal that I went through. And I'm having to try to learn how to live differently. And I really don't know how. So here I am. I'm watching people around me. I have a wonderful opportunity to live with my niece, and she's giving me a great example. She's a lovely, cheerful person, and I'm I'm imitating her, and I'm following her around, and I'm trying to get out with people and do things that I haven't done for so many years that it feels, I feel like, you know, I'm a foreigner in my own self, but I don't know quite how to live. So um, I just wanted to say that because I am assuming that this process is is natural and part of the recovery process. And that soon, in a a year or maybe even a few months, I might be talking like some of the other people on the line. But right now, uh, I'm reminding myself every minute of every day to be grateful that I am going through this discomfort because it's teaching me things that will eventually allow me to live this free and wonderful life. So thank you for listening.
0: Thank you, Jaina. And that brings us to the close of our meeting. Um, I apologize to those that are waiting in the wings to be able to share and invite you, if you're able to, to share in the next hour, which is coming right up after announcements today. Thank you, everyone. And now I will ask Marie P. to please close us out by reading page 164, of The Big Book, A Vision for You.
15: This is Marie. He, a compulsive overeater recovered our book is meant to be suggestive only we realize we know only a little god will constantly disclose more to you and to us ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick the answers will come if your own house is in order